Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. Patricia Trainer here with you. Happy Memorial Day. And uh, glad to have you on this new week of coverage here on the Locked on Giants podcast. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. All right, so folks, on today's program, we have special guest Tony Rassiopi. He is a quarterback trainer and consultant, has done work with the Manning Passing Academy. He's trained a few NFL quarterbacks. Davis Webb is a client of his. And Tony has also done film breakdown work on uh, Daniel Jones for The Athletic. He's done other quarterbacks as well. Really knows his stuff. Is a terrific guy. And I'm really happy to have him on the program today. Thank you for having me again, Patricia. Always, always a great time talking to you. Same here, Tony, and I am very much looking forward not only to catching up with you, but also getting your take on New York Giants quarterback Daniel Jones, who is entering his third NFL season this year, a big one, a make-or-break season. So, Tony, Daniel Jones going into year three, but before we get to year three, I've got to ask you this question. I don't know how deep you've gotten into his film or whatnot, but Joe Judge... Dave Gettleman, John Mara, everybody in the Giants organization has said that Daniel Jones has made progress. You look at the numbers, and I realize that the numbers aren't the be-all, end-all, but you look at the numbers and you say to yourself, where exactly has he made the progress? So when you look at his tape, where did he make progress last year? You know, I think that, you know, not that I studied every play of the season, uh, but I but I got my hands on a good amount of tape just from doing stuff with the Giants media. So, you know, I, I think that a lot of times young quarterbacks do two things, right? Number one, um, they stare down number one in progression because, you know, the plays are meant for that guy, obviously, get the ball first. So it's kind of like they kind of stare it down, they double hitch to it, they hold the ball. Um, and I think you saw less of that as the season goes on. So that's, that's number one, what young quarterbacks do. Number two, what young quarterbacks do is they kind of pick a guy on a play, too, if that makes sense. So, you know, for instance, like Sterling Shepard might be option three in the play, but Sterling Shepard's a really good player. So you kind of, okay, I'm not even going to look at one or two. I'm just going to look at three here. I hope he gets open. You know, so they, they pick guys sometimes instead of, you know, trusting their eyes, trusting their feet, trusting the, you know, the play, the way it's set up, the concept. So um, I saw less of both as the season went on. And, and again, I, I get it because, you know, new offense with, with Jason Garrett, who I've known, you know, since I was 15, 16 years old. Um, who, again, I, I think the world of as, as a human being, as a, as a as a coach, you know. So didn't really have an off season. I mean, there's only so much Zoom stuff you can do and only so much Zoom learning you could do. You know, it's the game, you, you know, the learning's done on the grass, you know. So it's, um, you know, so I think a lot of times, you know, because of that, you saw early on in the season, again, kind of holding the ball, kind of staring down one or, or picking guys just hoping they get open um, just because he feels that's a good matchup for, for himself. So I think you saw less of both as the season went on. And I think you're going to see a, a big jump this year because you're going to see, uh, you know, from it looks like, right, an entire all season of, you know, mini camps and OTAs and just, just repping the concepts more, repping the depth of routes, repping how guys run routes, repping the speed of the players running those routes and, you know, how they're breaking their cuts, whether it's a square cut or a, a speed cut or, 
you know, it's a high angle throw or a flat throw. So you just, you're going to see, I, I think a better version of him, a with more experience and B obviously more experience with, with what he's being asked to do. Tony, how much of it was the environment that Daniel came into? I mean, I, this is an argument I've made and you tell me if this, this holds any water, but he came in and the offensive line wasn't really settled. The receivers really weren't, you know, top flight receivers. I mean, basically all he really had was a running game and Saquon Barkley. It just seemed like no matter who the quarterback was, they weren't set up to succeed right off the bat. Whereas you look at, you know, like what they did in Kansas City for Patrick Mahomes, they had everything in place. I mean, how much of that do you think played a factor? Oh, I think it's huge. I, I always tell people, and you know, I've worked with a lot of quarterbacks, you know, from from the pro level to the college level, you know, big time FBS starting quarterbacks. And you know, the biggest thing is I always say it's the three P's, right? So it's usually personnel, you know, play caller and protection. So those are three P's, right? So if you have those three P's, you know, you just kinda have to do your job and you're gonna be kind of set up for success for the most part. You know, like if if you take one of those P's away and it's kind of a, a weak link, you're going to see some inconsistency. And then obviously, if if you have one of those three things, you're going to really struggle. And obviously, with none, you're going to you're going to have a rough time. So it doesn't really matter who the player is because it's such a it's such a team game um, between the personnel around you, the schemes, you know, and then obviously the protection that you have to to get those done, you know. So I, I think that has a lot to do with it. You know, I think that you know you look at Josh Allen last year, right? He saw the big jump. Um, did he work a lot in the offseason on his stuff? Yeah, he, fundamentally he was better. Um, but I think you saw you know, Buffalo kind of do the same thing. They had a really good play caller last year who, who schemed some stuff up. You know, they went and got, you know, Stephon Diggs to play and have a true number one receiver, you know, a matchup kind of guy. And then he got protection. You know, he had time to get back there and make some plays. And, and um, I think the, the next thing you see is is the new brand of quarterback is, is um, you know, they can extend plays, right? And I think that, Daniel can do that. Daniel's a really, really good athlete. I don't think people understand how athletic he really is. I mean, he was a heck of a basketball player in high school. And I mean, obviously, you saw some of these zone reads and, and stuff that he took, you know, for far distances and cut and touchdowns. You know, I, I think he has that element to his game, too, which, you know, if things break down, he can make plays with his feet and make good decisions getting the ball downfield. The offense that Daniel ran in college was significantly different, than, I think, than what he, he was asked to run with the Giants in, in his first two years. I mean, sure. In terms of the the mental aspect of it, the the leap, you mentioned you know not trusting what he was seeing and, and all that stuff. I mean, is it fair to say that because he was in such he didn't have that continuity in terms of maybe having some familiarity between systems that that also maybe slowed down his development just a tad? I think that you know I, I think they're all that way, right? I, I don't think you see true pro style offense as much more in college football. You know, I think you see sprinkles of it schematically but you know everybody's kind of spreading people out and doing the rpo stuff right and um you know going to empty and getting the ball of his hands and a lot of screens and bubbles and you know quick throws and and uh you know reading linebackers you know in the, in the run game obviously rpo wise and reading safeties you know third level rpo i you know i think i think you're seeing a lot of that in college football and especially a the way the defenses are set up and b because of the hash marks right so there's a lot more grass to cover in college football one and two you know, to the field and then the boundary is just, just such an easy throw. A lot of times these guys are kind of taught like, okay, if you got one-on-one to the boundary, you're taking it, whether it's, you know, a hitch or a speed out or, um, you know, a 10-yard a stop route, you know, just, I mean, they're easy throws because it's such a short throw. And then RPO stuff to the field playing, you know, 
trips for three receivers and taking advantage of defenses only having two guys out there. So I think, you know, I think you're seeing what, what a lot of guys are going through. I, I don't, you know, I don't see many either, either in college football or guys I've worked with, you don't see many true pro style stuff. And if you do, they're doing it out of spread formations anyway, you know? So it's, I, I think for him, I, I think, you know, Coach Cuckoo so has done a great job getting quarterbacks, you know, developing over the career one and two kind of pro ready. So I, I think that, you know, I don't, I don't see it as a knock at all where he played. You know, I, I think that, that almost all young quarterbacks are going through the same thing. I mean, you know, you look at Patrick Mahomes, you go from the air raid offense, you know, which is kind of getting back there and, you know, taking a three and a hitch and kind of just finding grass and wasting time with your feet in the pocket and just throwing a ball to the windows, you know. So it's, I mean, there's no offense that doesn't really get you ready in the NFL more than the air raid. But then you look at the NFL, everybody's kind of adopting those concepts, which makes sense. Why would you, why would you take a quarterback that's really good running search stuff? And not let him do that at the next level, you know. So I just, I think egos getting away sometimes with, with coaches. But the really good guys kind of morph into, okay, this is my philosophy, but also this is, you know, well, this is what this guy does well. That's why we draft him really high, you know. So let's let's do the same stuff with him here. Indeed. And folks, you're listening to Locked On Giants with Patricia Trainer and special guest Tony Rassiopi, a quarterback trainer. He was worked with the Manning Passing Academy. He's a trainer over at the Tess Football Academy. And uh, before we continue on with our discussion with Tony, let me tell you about Credit Karma Money. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Use your Credit Karma Money debit card to become eligible to win daily instant karma purchase reimbursements on items up to $5,000. Open your free FDIC insured spend account today. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals are available from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. Visit creditkarma.com slash winmoney to open your free account. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. There's no purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules for details. Banking services are provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. All right, Giant fans, again, this is the Locked on Giants podcast with Patricia Trena, and my special guest today is Tony Rassiopi. You can find him on Twitter at TonyRaz03, that's Tony R-A-Z-Z-03, and uh, he also does work with the Test Academy, trains pro college high school quarterbacks, does a really good job, really knows his stuff, delighted to have him on the program today. And Tony... When you look back at Daniel's uh, entry into the NFL, I mean, I always thought that they kind of rushed him before he was ready. Pat uh, Shermer was the head coach at the time, and I always got the impression that Shermer wanted more of a mobile quarterback, which at the time, Eli Manning just couldn't give him. Eli being on, on the tail end of his career and also really not being a mobile quarterback. And, you know, a guy, he can move around, but he couldn't extend plays with his legs. I mean, do you think in retrospect, maybe the Giants kind of rushed Daniel into the lineup? You know, I think so. But at the end of the day, I mean, when you, when you draft a guy in the first round, you're not paying him to sit, you know, and I mean, you know, the game has changed, right? And and the uh, the way the NFL is run nowadays, it's not like you know you don't you're not getting five or six years on a contract as a as a coach to, okay, here's our guy, like you know, let's let him sit a little bit, let's let him learn. I mean, you don't have that much time anymore. So it's instead of having five or six years to get things right, I mean, I mean, you look at some guys and they get one year, you know. So it's 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 more, I think, of of the pressure of of having to win right away. One and two, I think if you play him right away. 
you know, you could also say, okay, like, you know, we won three or four games this year, but I got this rookie in there and he's going to learn and, you know, give me another two years to see what, let me develop him. So I think, you know, I think when you take a guy in the first two rounds, I mean, that's, you know, you got to play him, you know, you're, you're paying him and, and, and you, you picked him to play right away for the most part. So, you know, I, I agree with, with the system stuff, but, you know, you know, you look at Shermer's offenses and, and he wants guys to run the naked bootleg game and, and get on the, get on the edge. And again, I mean, Daniel's a really good athlete. So I'm sure, you know, seeing that in practice um, kind of excited him, you know, like being able to extend plays with his feet, you know, progressions break down. Um, and again, a lot of times, young quarterbacks kind of rely on their feet too much, right? Where they get back and they kind of find one, maybe two, and then, okay, well, I'm out of here. You know, and they eject and they never, you don't see progression because they rely on their feet too much. And as they get older, they're, you know, either through injury or the fact that they're getting older, you know, you, the guys can extend plays also, you know, they train their brain as well. And that's why you see the guys like Drew Brees and Tom Brady, you know, still play. I mean, it's, it's their brains, you know, they're, they're so far ahead, um, of their defenses and their opponents because they've seen everything over their career and you just can't catch what they've learned, you know? So, you know, I mean, Dave Webb used to always tell me that who I've worked with forever, you know, about Eli, it's just, you know, because I, you know, I physically, I can do a lot of things. I just can never catch his brain, you know, his experience over time. So I guess the earlier the experience, the better, right? Sure, sure, definitely. Now, Tony, let's let's look ahead for Daniel Jones. You know, the Giants upgraded the receiving core, which they desperately needed to do, I think. They are confident in the offensive line. Is there such a thing as matching the offensive line style to the quarterback, or are the two things kind of separate? Well, I think you have to see how good you can protect, right? So I think it starts with that. I think if you trust the five offensive linemen, I think you try to get everybody out on rat routes. You know, I think if you don't trust your tackles, I think that's when you see max protection. I think that's when you see, you know, keeping a tight end in or a, a running back or a fullback in and, you know, chip the ends and then get on the routes a little bit later. And I think you saw that, you know, at least in his second year, a bunch, you know, um, where they have to keep guys in because maybe they don't trust those guys on, on true passing situations, you know, and then, you know, it kind of, it kind of snowballs, right? So you keep, guys in seven man protection and now now defenses can now drop underneath those deeper routes and now you see him holding on to the ball because you know that they, they outnumber you you know there's they have four guys you have three and you know they have three guys and you have two you know because of the fact that a lot of those those running backs and tight end routes are kind of holding linebackers underneath trying to catch coverages and open up those second level throws you know so i i think you can you have to see what they can do up front first and i think that Kind of goes into okay. Listen, if we trust those five guys, or even maybe the tailback for a six-man protection, let's get let's get our guys out. You know, at the end of the day, pass. You know, football's not that hard, right? It's it's creating you know two on ones and three on twos, and now four on threes with a lot of the four to a side stuff. You saw the Chiefs did a lot schematically the last two years, which is some cool stuff they're doing. So, um, you know, I, that's at the end of the day, it's how how much can they get protection up front, and and if if they trust those guys, the more guys I can get on the routes, which gives Daniel options. What do you think, Daniel? You know, he mentioned trusting his eyes as being one of the things he really needs to to or he where he took a a step forward. But what else can he really take that step forward in year three? You know, again, people look at the numbers, and that's only part of the the equation, obviously. But where else do you think Daniel can really take that big leap? Given you know the now that he's having an off season, now that he has better receiving talent around him, and and 
fingers crossed, a better offensive line. Right, right. I, you know, I, I think it's all the above, right? I, I think from an offensive standpoint, I think his timing's only get better because of the concepts that he's being asked to do. I think that, you know, he's going to really understand progressions probably more because he just it's just a repetitious thing, right? It's a repetitious sport. So it's trusting the guys he's throwing to. It's understanding who does a great job getting out of their breaks, who does a guy, you know, which guys kind of like to set defenders up and kind of make a move at the top of the route, you know, which kind of throws our timing off sometimes because the guy's trying to set a guy up too much. You know, so it's, it's you know, it's getting with his personnel and understanding kind of their mannerisms. Um, you know, I, I think that it's understanding the protections as well, you know, and trusting and knowing weaknesses of those protections. You know, it's whether it's a base protection, which is more of a man-to-man protection or like a half-slide, half-man protection, you know, kind of what, you know, the strengths of those protections and obviously the weaknesses are, right? And then then understanding defenses as well. And, you know, the, the more defense you can see on film, the better off you're going, okay, I'm going to see Tampa 2 here. And then you can make your decision quicker, right? Or or they're definitely going to roll coverage here. And I, I'm, I'm getting man, so I'm getting blitz from somewhere. You know, how many yeah, – I have a certain front. So I, I think the more he sees stuff, the better he's going to be. And, and, and Jason's a great teacher of offense. And he's a great teacher of the quarterback, you know. So I'm excited to see kind of what Jason does with him as well because, you know, he – He's one of the best out there, you know. So I, I think, you know, everybody, fans always expect us to score. I say, oh, it's been, you know, the Giants, I think, they, you know, I think they expect us to score 52 points a game and never punt. Well, that's not going to happen in the NFL. So, you know, like defensive guys get paid too. So it's, you know, I, I think you're going to see progression from all, all the above, you know, from an offensive defensive standpoint, if that makes sense. Now, speaking of Jason, um, you know, one of the criticisms about him last year was he wasn't as creative that the system he was trying to run, which I guess he had run in Dallas, just wasn't maybe the best fit for the Giants. That said, I mean, as a, as a young quarterback progresses in the NFL, and again, this being Daniel's third year, how much more typically does, does a young quarterback have a say in, you know, how the offenses run or how it's shaped or tweaked from maybe previous systems that were run by the coordinator? I, you know, I, I think you saw because of, of how things were last year from an offensive standpoint. I mean, you know, I, I've called plays for a long time, obviously not that level, but you, know, you got to kind of learn what your guys can do best, you know, and I think that you saw an offseason where, you know, if, if I'm a new coordinator and I don't get to see one receiver run one tight end or one running back run a route, well, it's really hard to put a schematical offense together, you know. So a lot of times I think you saw kind of base stuff because, you know, I, I think – you, know, you start with base stuff like most people do, and it's okay. This guy runs this really well. Let's add this concept, right? Or, or Daniel really throws this ball really well. So let's let's get in this formation so we get this coverage, and then let's throw this a bunch because that's what he's good at. You know, I think that I don't think you saw a ton of that in the off season because there was none. So, you know, I I think because of that you stick with what you know, and I think you stick with base. And listen, I mean, Jason runs and everybody else runs. You know, like if you watch their their stuff, you see Hank concept you see mesh you see smash you see you know you see kind of a dover concept you know like he runs all stuff everybody else runs you know 525 f post which has been around for forever from you know the bill walsh days it's you're seeing all the same stuff i just think you're going to see more creativity because i think he's going to understand what his guys can do really well and what daniel can handle you know and and um i think you're going to see more creativity because of that right so you know, I, I think, and we all do it as coaches, you know, we kind of simplify things because we want them to get good at that first. And then if they get good at that, then you can kind of add layers to those plays. Yeah, definitely. Again, not having an off season 
and not getting a chance to see these guys. I remember Jason even saying that in the in the beginning part of the season right. that he was still right. learning about these guys and whatnot. You've got the Locked On Giants podcast with Patricia Trena and special guest Tony Rassiopi of the Test Academy. He is a quarterback's trainer. Um, he's worked as a head football coach and offensive coordinators. Quarterbacks is his specialty, and he is breaking down Daniel Jones and the Giants offense. What has to happen in year three, where Daniel was, where he needs to be, and how he's going to build up to get there. So much more coming up with Tony Rassiopi. But first, folks, let me tell you about Built Bar and its nine amazing flavors, plus the occasional limited time flavor. Eating a delicious Built Bar is like eating a candy bar, minus the guilt, as most of their milk chocolate covered bars have 17 grams of protein, about 130 calories and only four grams of sugar. Indulging in in a low-carb, low-sugar treat never tasted so good. And right now, when you order at BuiltBar.com, you can save 15% off when you use the promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off your order at BuiltBar.com. All right, let's get back to our discussion with Tony Rassiopi. Again, you can find him on Twitter at TonyRaz03. He's always posting little video clips and demonstrating the work he's doing with quarterbacks, which is really worth a look, folks, because it shows you some of the fundamentals and things you want to look for in quarterbacks. And it's stuff that can apply to not just the high school and college quarterbacks, but also to NFL quarterbacks as they advance in their careers. Tony, what do you think? is the one thing that could potentially derail Daniel. I mean, there, obviously he's had some injury issues, minor, minor stuff. He's missed two games here, right. you know, in, in each of the last couple of seasons. But beyond injuries, really, is there anything that you see that could potentially derail his development? Uh, you know, it's not Daniel. I think it's all quarterbacks, right? And that's, and that's protection. You know, I think, you, you know, you see the David Carr's in the world, right, who came in as really talented players and, you know, once you set the NFL record for sacks, I mean, you get gun shy. It's just natural, right? Your eyes, instead of keeping your eyes downfield, reading coverages and find, looking for windows, your eyes kind of slide down and you're looking for the defensive tackle or defensive end instead of seeing where your eyes should be, you know? So I, I think protection is going to be a big thing. And, um, and guys making plays for himself. You know, I, I think that, uh, you know, a lot of times when you're having trouble scoring points, I think the quarterback tries to do too much, if that makes sense. And then all of a sudden you start throwing balls you shouldn't throw and trying to fit balls in the windows that aren't really there. And then, you you know, you start having those two to three or four interception kind of games. And again, you know, between protection and now you're forcing the ball and you're throwing picks and now you don't really trust your eyes. Um, you know, I mean, that, that's kind of all young quarterbacks, right? So, and some guys never come back from that, you know, so, you know, he's a, he's a tough kid. He's a smart kid. And, and, uh, I don't see him being that way, but you know, I, that would be to me that would be any young quarterback. Yeah, and and certainly that offensive line. You know, a lot of people still not really sure what the Giants have there. The Giants confident that they have the right guys in place, but uh, time will tell with that. Let's talk just real quick about the receivers that they added, including tight end Kyle Rudolph, and what kind of a difference do you think they're going to make for Daniel Jones? I think that, um, you know, pros offenses are built around the tight ends underneath, right? So I've always said, like, a good tight end is a quarterback's best friend. That's like your check down guy. That's zone coverage is drop. You dump it off to the, the tight end for, you know, six to eight yards. And you throw some early enough that they can turn and get, get you 12 yards and out to first down. And, and obviously, you know, with good tight ends, you're going to see more base defenses. And with that, you can create some matchups. 
you know, and put some outside receivers in the slot. And now you're working on linebackers and safeties instead of, you know, corners. So I think you're, you know, I, I think the more options, the better, right? And the more different personnel you can do, the tougher you are to defend, you know? So, you know, I, you know, you know, Jason likes tight ends. I mean, obviously, you know, Jason Witten had an amazing career for him. Um, and, you know, Tony Romo obviously had an amazing career for, for a long stretch there. And, you know, and that was based through the tight end, you know, and, and uh, a lot of times with good tight ends, you see one high or cover one or, you know, cover three, and that creates matchups on the outside. Now you get some one-on-ones. And, uh, you know, they also added Kenny Galladay, John Ross. Um, they've got Kadarius Toney uh, that they brought in. I mean, it just sounds like a lot of speed. And, you know, it also sounds like maybe the opportunity to do more of the vertical passing concepts that they really didn't do a whole lot of. They did more of those shorter stick routes, I think, right, last year. Right. The offensive line situation, I would guess. But uh, I, I would think this year they'll probably open it up more, wouldn't you say? I would, I would say so. I, you know, you're getting uh, Saquon back healthy, right? And hopefully you get the run game roll a little bit. And you get, you know, that opens up again. You're going to drop a safety in the box, right? So that creates kind of one-on-ones on the outside. Number one, number two, you move safeties up and play cover four a bunch, and now they're at you know eight to ten yards with their eyes in the backfield, and now you take some shots in the post game, the play action game, and we know we know he's a good athlete. He can really get on the corner, so I think you're going to see a lot of nakeds and. I think you're going to see a um, a bigger playbook this year, if that makes sense, because of a Daniel's maturation and b you know having better guys on the outside, and uh, hopefully they make some plays for him. Hopefully it's right. Now, Tony, final question for you. Everybody's going to have a different opinion about what constitutes a successful year for Daniel Jones. Some yes. people are going to say it's got to be the playoffs. Some people are going to say he has to, you know, throw for 35 touchdowns and, and less than 10 interceptions. But from a coaching perspective, what would be considered a successful third year for Daniel Jones? I, I think just running the offense you know, and being efficient doing it, right? I, you know, I have this conversation all the time with even a lot of the, the high-end college guys I work with. You know, a lot of times, you know, junior year, I throw 30 touchdowns and 3,000 yards. Well, then my senior is not successful. I don't throw for 3,500 and 40 touchdowns. And, you know, it's it's year to year, right? It's You might be a 10 times better player, but throw for, you know, 500 less yards and maybe four less touchdowns because that's just the way the season unfolded or, or maybe you lost a guy that was your best player. Maybe they graduated, obviously, you know, college is different pro but you know I, I think you know I think a lot of times with young quarterbacks it's like okay don't lose the game right don't don't throw turnovers don't make bad decisions if it's third and long check the ball down if everybody drops I think the, the jump you're going to see is you know from a not losing the game for us you know now run, be a proficient runner of the offense to the next jump is okay let's let's go win some games for us now right let's go make some plays with your feet and make some throws downfield, you know, that 24-20 game and throw a touchdown with two minutes left to win the game, you know, get the ball. You're down to, you're down to score and you have two timeouts and you got the ball in the 20-yard line going out. And, you know, let's, let's go in the game, kid. So I think, you know, that's kind of progression, right? It's, it's don't lose the game for us. Now you kind of – you're proficient running the offense for the most part. You know, you're kind of steady Eddie. And then, you know, the next jump is, is you know, winning the game for us. Let's put the ball in your hands. You know, it's – we're down two scores with uh, six minutes left, and we're going to throw the ball every single snap. You know, can you go win the game for us? Well, fingers crossed. I mean, Daniel seems to have a really good attitude. He's been he's been working. Uh, you can see a difference in him. The added muscle, yeah. um, you know, the technique and stuff is still you know from the outside looking in 
you can't really go off of one practice, but he looks to be on the right track and he seems to have the right mindset to just go ahead. He knows that it's, you know, it's on him. Yes. But there's also 10 other guys that have to make this happen. And um, he's just got to facilitate it all. So that to me, I thought was very encouraging. Yeah. I think that, you know, you have to be big enough to stay healthy. Right. So, you know, not, not the quarterbacks are like, you know, these NFL guys are these big meathead kind of guys, but you gotta, you gotta stay healthy and, and everybody, you have to be a certain size to do that. And everybody's a little bit different. So I, I think the extra muscle is going to help him stay healthy and be able to take hits through the course of the season. You know, and, and uh, I mean, he's such a good athlete. Um, I, you're going to see him run the ball from time to time. I think you're going to see some zone read stuff and some quarterback draw stuff out of empty. And that's, you know, and that's, and that's good coaching, you know, um, but you gotta be able to take hits because of that, you know, and again, I'm not talking about running them 25 times a game, but you know, key situations on third down, uh, you know, red zone, those kind of things. So, you know, he's got to be able to play 16 games plus, you know, hopefully a run in the playoffs. But I think that, you know, if you watch their film, I mean, he's made some big time throws. I mean, just, you know, big time, deep dig, uh, comeback, you know, deep corner routes. I mean, he's, he's made some, some legit throws. Now it's just it's being more consistent doing that over time, one and two, staying healthy and being able to do it. So um, I'm excited for him. You know, he's, he's a great kid. I got to know him pretty well at the Manning camp, you know, over the – course of time that he's you know he came two years in a row so um you know he's a kid that you're you know i'm gonna root for and, and um you know hopefully uh you know i mean I, i'm a giant fan right i'm a jersey guy so it's, you hope they can get it done this year tony great stuff appreciate the time and giant fans don't forget be sure to check out the locked on today podcast hosted by peter bukowski which features all the major sports news you need in under 20 minutes the locked on today podcast is available on the odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts Thanks to Tony Rassiopi for the time. Thank you, Giant fans, for tuning in and for a fantastic month of May. Really appreciate it. Looking forward to kicking off the month of June just as strong and bringing you all that you need to know about the New York Giants here on the Locked on Giants podcast.